0: Greetings, everyone. Welcome to this episode of The Rays Podcast. This is a new format for us. I've got three guests. Usually it's a one-on-one conversation, but I have three guests. We've got Chris Berrigan and Janzel Tudor from the University of Utah. Different parts of the organization, but all one happy family. And then we've got our friend and colleague, J.D. Beebe, who is the CEO and founder of ThankView. So most of you are probably hearing this on audio, but we are doing this. Uh, on video as we film it. And we've got Chris on his mobile phone somewhere uh, in Utah driving around with his family. We've got JD at the office and Janzel uh, in the Salt Lake area as well. And and I'm in uh, in Wisconsin uh, right now. Um, And so, you know, this is a fun episode because we're going to talk a little bit about video, which has obviously played a bigger role in all of our lives over the last few months than ever before. Um, But I also just want to give a little bit of context because we had our Summer of Ray's kickoff a couple of weeks ago in late uh, in late July, uh, Janzel and Chris both participated. JD was a speaker as well. And during that conversation, uh, I actually had Chris shoot me a note on LinkedIn just saying that one of the the discussions about the importance of video had had reminded him of some tactics that he'd been trying out as he has been embracing his role as a gift officer in this um, Uh, sort of non-travel context we've been operating in. And then Janzel had some great engagement as well. And given that they're from the same institution, I thought it'd be fun to kind of bring in um, different perspectives on both how video is changing one-to-one outreach and engagement, how it's changing uh, one-to-many outreach and engagement. And then JD uh, has shared some really good thoughts on video across the giving funnel. And so with that set up, uh, I just want to do a quick introduction. Chris, why don't you uh, start and we'll go from there around the horn.
1: Thank you so much. You know, I'm excited to be here. I'm a, you know, this, I'm a huge proponent of Evertrue. And I've become recently a very huge proponent of thank you. Um, I think it's, it's us trying to figure out what, you know, I, I'm a big sports guy, big sports analogy guy. And I think about uh, Wayne Gretzky, Passing the puck up ahead. You know we got to think about where we're going to be next in this world, and 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 both these companies have done a fantastic job making sure that that's the case. But I'm uh, I'm the director of advancement for the School of Medicine at the University of Utah. I've been there for a year now. We're uh, in the middle of a capital campaign for a new School of Medicine building, which is important at this time for so many different reasons. But also it comes at a time where so much crisis is going on. I've been there for a year, so my ability to really get to meet a large uh, group of people has been very hindered by, by COVID and everything else that's going on. So uh, my goal is to still keep that level of enthusiasm up and also find ways to connect with people that I don't usually do. But I'll let Janzel introduce herself now.
0: Love it. Janzel?
2: Hey thanks Chris and Brent, and I'm happy to be here. Uh, my name is Janzel Tudor. I was born and raised in Hawaii, and I've lived in Utah for fifteen years. Um, and all of those years, I've been at the University of Utah, so it's been a long ride there. I've been in advancement for five years at the College of Nursing. Uh, I am the Director of Alumni Relations and Development, so really a lot of the engagement side um, more than the gift officer side, um, although I do that as well so i'm I I told Brent when he asked about this, that I'm the ThankView queen. So I love using ThankView as a platform and I love, you know, trying to be creative and reach out to different areas and how we can use it as a platform to engage with our donors, alumni, and constituents.
0: JD, can you confirm that Janzel is the ThankView queen?
3: She, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's a, there's a big court of, uh, of, of, of ladies and, and 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 gentlemen, but yes, Janzel is Janzel is always up there. She's she's a she's a shining star on this on the scene of of uh. Thank you. I'm actually taking a little note, Janzel. You may or may not someday uh, receive a queen's crown that has a unicorn on it. Um, yes, so
2: I love that.
3: I've already sent that to my team to work on that. Um, I'm JD. I'm the CEO and co-founder. of Thank you. And a little fun trivia: first conference I ever went to. Brent and, uh, and his teammate who's, who's now moved on, Jesse, were the first ones to come up and introduce themselves. So uh, been a fantastic person to know in the advancement world uh, ever since. Um, we're about six years old. We work with about 1,200 organizations across universities and nonprofits, helping them use personalized videos for any sort of occasion. Obviously, thanking and stewarding is really where we kind of uh, cut our teeth. But really, any sort of um, opportunity to connect with your constituents through video and then be able to learn from that engagement, that's kind of uh, our focus and, and our, our mission. Great overview, JD, and definitely
0: excited to get your perspective as, as video. Um, you know, you've been at this for six years, and there's obviously not been a moment like this. I thought I might start, you know, Janzel, with just your perspective in an alumni engagement role where you really have a responsibility for engaging a large number of people, with a relatively small staff. And if you'd be willing to share, you know, especially given your tenure at the University of Utah, just some of the before and after, when you think about approaching your fiscal 21 planning cycle in the midst of COVID versus where we were a year ago, what are some of the biggest changes you've seen, good and bad, on your ability to engage lots of people with a relatively small uh, team?
2: Yeah, so our team has always been pretty small. So the way the University of Utah is structured for advancement, um, is we have health sciences campus, and we have a main campus. And um, most departments have a, a development director or director of advancement. Uh, so Chris is in the, in the School of Medicine, and I'm at the College of Nursing. And we have um, two full-time employees <laughs> to do advancement, all of the alumni work. and
0: For uh, how many training. constituents?
2: Uh, we have about nine thousand alumni um, just in the College of Nursing right um, whereas like another a partner of ours, a colleague in the College of Health, they have seventeen thousand plus uh, alumni and no alumni <laughs> director so there, there is a lot of work to do in our structure and, and our our um, person power but um, so there's there 's two of us full time fundraisers in um, and alumni. In uh, the College of Nursing to tackle all of the work. We do have a main campus alumni association um, that helps with a lot of it, and then we also have a University of Utah Health Advancement Group that manages, you know, helps us with um, communications and events and those types of things um, that are large scale. Um, But we do tend to try to, you know, to to reach our constituents when we know that they need to be reached, especially for nurses who work, you know. 12-hour shifts, and it could be 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. and 7 p.m. to 7 a.m., so when do you plan something that, you know, you can get the most people um, there? So uh, that's important to us to to figure out the right timing because we want people to be engaged with us. Uh, So before um, COVID hit, it was... um, it was hard to engage with our community because we were growing a program. And so we were only now finally starting to reach out and make waves. We, we had started a, a few alumni weekends and inviting people back. And we started a half century society and, you know, more and more we were engaging with decades of people um, and which is great. But then COVID hit and the momentum kind of felt like it dropped a little bit. And But now it feels like the world is opened back up because of digital engagement and the possibilities are more endless um, now. And the amount of work that it would take to produce a large scale event with only two people is a lot. I mean, I my kids know they're like, well, you're still working. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm still working. You know, there's so much to do, um, but now I can sit on my computer and you know, do a video and send it off and, you know, and call it good. I mean, it's not it, but that's, you know, a little easier bite by bite task by task as we do it and engage with our donors.
0: And so if you think about the, the spectrum of a, a video message to all 9,000 of your constituents on the one hand, and on the other hand, a video message to one person, which we'll talk Chris uh, in a minute about that, where on that spectrum have you seen the most, success uh, Janzel and it it, you know thank you can be a part of it but it could be zoom conversations you've been having there could be other mediums maybe Facebook live or things like that that you've been testing like Mm -hmm. where are you kind of seeing the sweet spot where you do get that kind of maximum return on effort you're a two-person team you've got to be really efficient Mm -hmm. Um, anything stand out at this point.
2: Yeah, so we're actually um, building towards that. <laughs> so in, um, in the fall, typically we all have homecomings, right? And we didn't know what that would look like and if we would continue on with our alumni weekend. And we are going to try to do at least one Zoom conversation pushed out to all of our alumni. So we haven't done any large 9,000 scaled video and digital engagement yeah. yet. Uh, the biggest one we have done recently was for graduation about 345 um, people that we recognized and celebrated. And um, what we did there was, in order to make it more personalized, we had their specialty track director. So again, this is nursing. Um, they recorded their own, like, thanks for being in the program, this is why you're so great, personal to the student. Then we had uh, the dean do a message, we had the president of the uh, university do a message, and then the senior vice president for health sciences do a message. So that was all combined together, sent to the uh, to the newest graduates, and then we celebrated them that way. And the open rate and click rate were amazing, and that was our first that actually was really one of our first thank you um, messages ever and the the rate was great and everybody loved it and we had professors who like they talk you know a little more monotone they were like congratulations and they had balloons and I mean it was so fun and it was it was exciting to see them in a different light as well and I think their students are they felt really um, special and uh, celebrated in their graduation during COVID.
0: I love it. And um, I will point you, we recently hosted Cindy Frederick from the University of Virginia on our podcast. And she had some amazing success stories. She shared about those large scale zoom conversations and really the fact that not only has this presented an opportunity to engage as many people as before in a more cost efficient way, but actually reach many other people who historically have not been able to access local, events uh physical events Mm -hmm. offline events and so i'll I'll make sure to share that with you so chris i want to kick it to you a little bit you've been more on the one-to-one relationship building you're in a you know new role new institution you're still getting to know probably your colleagues covid hits and now you've got to figure out how do i build relationships with donors and i will say based on the data we've seen that across the sector in general activity slowed down significantly as it related to gift officer outreach during this period i think there was a moment of just is it okay to reach out how do i reach out but you found this tool thank you uh and it's about you know it's literally called thank view jd shared their origins but you saw it as a way to actually support one-to-one outreach and relationship building and i'd love to just kind of get your perspective on when that um I don't know, light went off in your head and you just decided, you know what, I could sort of sit around and hope for COVID to go away and get back on the road and go visit donors. Or I could try to, you know, introduce myself in a more creative manner uh, and probably get to reach a bunch of people that might take me a long time to set meetings with.
1: Yeah, you know, it. thank you for that. Because So here's the thing, you, you hit points perfectly in that being new to the role, it's hard. It, uh, sorry, it's, it's obviously hard to, to establish yourself with alumni, establish yourself with donors and, and move that way. But what ultimately ended up happening for me was I was like, thank yous great. But who am I going to thank when I haven't even met anybody yet. And uh, so, uh, you know, um, I really love that platform for for following up with thank yous, the videos that you see are just so much more than than just signing a card and sending it out or leaving, you know, a phone message. And, but I just thought, what could I do to use Think Few in a, better, in a better way for me? Not in a better way for what they're doing, but in a better way for me. And uh, luckily for me, I had a buddy that, uh, that does videos, and he happened to be in town because he's in Los Angeles all the time, and it shut down because of COVID. And I said, what if we just made a video for me introducing myself to these potential prospects? I've never, you know, I've never had the chance to talk to them before. And when they see the email, all they see is a name. And, you know, maybe some of the U- University of Utah gets me some credibility, but that's about it. So I created a short little one minute video introducing myself and talking about our major initiative, which is the School of Medicine building. And then I said, I want to use Thank platform in order to get this out to everybody and basically thank them ahead of time for just watching me and seeing how it goes and maybe you'll give me a chance to talk. And sure enough, as you see on the video right now, uh, that's what I did. I I sent it out to uh, my first group of people. I probably sent it out to about 200 people. And almost the the best part for me was, is getting the data back from Thank which lets me know who saw it, who opened it, who watched it, who watched half of it, who watched the whole thing, and who watched it over again. And That was just so much power for me because now I could follow up with those people, which I did. And I followed up with the people that had decided that they wanted to, you know, watch this video. And sure enough, my my like acceptance rate to a follow-up email, I sent the email out, they shot it right back to me, let's set a meeting, was just off the charts for me. And it continues to be. And I get to have conversations right now that are, three or four meetings ahead, what I would have been had I just been sending my traditional email format. I mean, I, and, and by the time I'm getting into these conversations with people, they already know from the video, from whatever information I send them, they got an idea of, yeah, we need to mobilize real quick and make this happen. So it's been pretty powerful.
0: Yeah. I mean, when I've I've watched some of your videos and we'll try to link to it here as well, but it's really a qualification conversation boiled down to about a two minute video. And you know exactly. here 's who I am. this is what I do. this is what we 're up to here 's why I think it might be relevant for you. Would you be willing to learn more? and what I love about it is not only are you qualifying people and getting to the the more substantive conversation sooner, but you 're also disqualifying people and giving them a way out that is probably a lot more efficient for them and for you than a forty five minute discovery visit that 's kind of awkward and clearly isn 't going the right direction so I'm curious to get your take on not only the qualification advantages, but the disqualification benefits.
1: Yeah. And I think you're hitting on that perfectly. One of the things that we wanted to make sure that as we're sending this out is, can I get your buy-in immediately? And I know that's probably going to eliminate a lot of people right now, but for us, the sense of urgency is right there. And also, you know, during this time, it's just important for us to figure out how much effort we're spending and where we need to spend it. So, in the video itself, we say right away, hey, if this is something that you're not ready to do, just let me know. Otherwise, I'm gonna be reaching out to you with follow-up emails. Otherwise, I'm gonna be trying to contact you. And you know, some people are kind of in that middle ground and that's okay, we can talk it out. But really for me and, and especially this initiative because we're looking to have this building open by 2023 and we need these dollars desperately, we don't have time to work along forever on a group of people. and and the fact that I can use ThankView to reach out to them and they can see me face-to-face, and then I can also track how engaged they are on it. I've seen people that go back to the video two and three times, and sure enough, the moment that I reach out to them by an email, they're ready to go, and I've even had people say, hey, I want to connect you with a group of my, my colleagues that graduated at the same time as me because we're all in on this. So getting to that point as quickly as possible really helps me out right now, Um, I almost see this kind of COVID shutdown as one way that we really need to start becoming hyper-focused on who we're targeting, what metrics are important. And I think what Evertrue and Thank You do really well is, how much engagement are we getting when we put out information? And if we're not seizing on that engagement right away, we're missing it. Marketing companies and business companies across the board are looking to see how quickly you click through and engage. And if we don't pounce on that and universities are oftentimes very slow to do that. It's, it's a waste of time for us to market in the first place. Yeah.
0: Janzel, I see you nodding your head vigor, vigorously. You must be so proud of Chris as such a progressive frontline partner here, but I'm curious uh, to get your reactions and then I'm going to kick it to JD as well. But when, and I got to ask, like, were you aware of what Chris was doing or you know, how tightly connected are you recognizing large university? I think you're on mute, but yeah, there you go.
2: Yeah. Um, thanks for the question. No, I am so proud of Chris. He's, he's killing it and we are in constant contact. So, I mean, he can stop calling me now. I'm just joking. No, we, we, uh, we actually are in a like a monthly training uh, together anyway. So, and we, that's specifically about, you know, fundraising and, And uh, so I saw, you know, that he was doing this and then he reported back the next time on how it went. Um, It's, it is truly amazing um, how he decided to use it. So I'm using it obviously, like I said, on the engagement side, and he's using it as a, as a a gift fundraiser side. It's, so great to find a platform that can do both of those things right and then the metric side that he's saying that's that's the piece that like like he said ever true and thank you are, are really um are really helpful to us on our end where we're like We don't I can't track that or I have to put this in an Excel or I'm going to try to take this out of my CRM and figure this out and how many numbers you know and as he's saying that sometimes big institutions take a little bit of time to do things and I'm nodding my head because I I love the energy behind what Chris is saying because I try to have a lot of energy behind and if we have a lot of people at the University of Utah saying we need to do these things then maybe we'll start to get the ball rolling. Yeah. Um, and that's why I'm really excited about all the things that Chris is doing. Plus, we do need a, a new medicine building. So, Right.
0: Well, I, look, I mean, we're obviously excited as well. We've done an integration with ThankYou for the very reasons that you all highlighted. And and really, where we're trying to sit at Evertrue is basically in between Genzel and Chris, recognizing that if you're going to be doing the one-to-many communications via ThankYou, how do you start converting that click data and that engagement data and then layer in additional signals around wealth or are they assigned or not? So that not only uh, can we allow you to communicate broadly, Janzel, or Chris to communicate on a one-to-one basis, but also help understand in the context of the giving funnel, how can the people that Janzel and team engage then surface to become the next group of supporters that might not otherwise show up on Chris's radar. And so that's really where we fit in. JD, you know, you're like a proud father here. You, first of all, are a proud father, of both sunny and thank you. And so you've been soaking this all in and, uh, you know, we didn't even ask you to sponsor this episode, but kind of what's your reaction so far?
3: No, I mean, it's, it is, it, you can't see it. There's a little, t- there's a little tear at the corner of my eye, but uh, no, I, I absolutely, you know, one thing you, you build something with an intention and then sometimes it's used in ways that you don't expect it. And this is, this is one of those things that like, yeah I think I think Chris certainly with what you're doing like exceeds our expectations um we you know as a company selfishly we have a product that we use to to promote ourselves with um and exactly what you're saying is is what we've seen as well so being able to send a message out use that uh engagement data to then figure out okay who is my most you know who's my my top targets if I only have so many hours in the day how do I then go out and uh you know accomplish what I need to do you know by doing what you're you're both doing, is I think utilizing um, the 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 best um, assets of 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 what we produce, which is the metrics, which is the engagement, which again, as Brent is saying, is then overlaying that with other data just to make you make you work smarter, not harder. Um, I I applaud the fact that you've gotten so many um, people already setting meetings. Obviously, if we can make your life easier, that's great. As you mentioned, we're we're called thank you, but but uh, but any way that we can, we can help you is, is, is our mission, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, Chris and Genzel, some of what we need to, as an industry, continue to embrace is how do we have a more coordinated strategy so that, you know, technology like ours can help uh, streamline the process, but ultimately it's your creativity and campaigns and funding priorities that need to be at the core. And so, for example, you know, what is the story we could tell I mean, Chris's story that he's telling is very specific. We're raising money for a building. Here's some plans. Do you want to talk? And that can work for people that have maybe been past donors, that there is a stewardship element of thanks for your past support. And also, I want you to know what's going on. But when you think about raising awareness, I mean, we talk a lot about this idea of how do you tell a good story, uh, bring some authenticity, whether it's the president or the dean distribute that more broadly to 9,000 people or 17,000 people, analyze who responds, and then identify, wow, these are the 50 people that Chris absolutely should talk to. And you know that kind of integrated funnel campaign is still relatively rare in the sector. I'm curious if you've started thinking about ways to do that, recognizing your role in alumni engagement is not necessarily pipeline generation for major gifts, but you could play such a big role in that. So do you see, I don't know, an evolution on that front or too early to say?
2: Yeah, I think too early
0: to say. J.D., you've talked a lot about the idea of, of video across the giving funnel. And so I'd just be curious when you think about, like, let's just talk through a, you know, an example or maybe some case studies that you've seen post COVID where like all of this technology, I mean, Chris, you could have been doing video outreach to donors a year ago but that just wasn't how we did things. Desperate times, desperate measures. Don't think we're totally. going back. So I'm just curious, JD, when you think about the engagement level, what are some of the campaigns across your customer base that have stood out as just being really compelling, and maybe something that could inspire others to uh, follow suit?
3: Yeah, you know, I think the biggest, the the most Herculean efforts that I've seen um, across our partners is those that you know they have really established phonathon programs that as COVID hit, they said, you know, maybe we don't want to be making the same phone calls, or maybe it's not the same message, but they still have, whether they still have stewardship goals that they want to be able to, you know, connect with their, their constituents and alumni, or they have a direct need through a student, student emergency fund. So um, to, in two cases, Northern Arizona and uh, University of Wisconsin, both of them were able to uh, translate some of their phonathon uh, student callers and make them into thank viewers. So combined, I believe they recorded north of 70,000 personalized messages, which is just, I mean, it's crazy to think, but there are, you know, with the platform, not to get too deep into it, there are the little tricks, Janzel and Chris, I'm sure you know, if there's a bunch, there's likely not a lot of Janzels, but there's likely a lot of Chris's, I can say, hey, Chris, thank you so much for being a a proud Badger, whatever the, the, the message might be. And uh, be able to, to to get wide swaths of that personal touch, uh, especially during these times. We've also seen, for you know, supporting student emergency funds. We've seen people like Georgia State who translated some of their their callers over to maybe making these kind of personalized appeals, saying, "Hey, this is why we need your help, and this is what it's going towards." And in doing so, uh, organizations like that they uh, they were able to raise you know tens of thousands of dollars. And in, in in their telling of us, of course, this is anecdotal. Uh, tripling the results of their best kind of peer-to-peer fundraising campaigns previous to that point. So the fact that, you know, we're not designed uh, or the, our intention was not initially to help you raise funds, but if it's just all about connecting, making that human human connection, we're seeing those kind of more widespread, you know, that, that, the per- personalization at scale campaigns really starting to pay off, both in engagement and obviously in helping the bottom line.
0: J.D., can I ask, have you seen other examples um, on the gift officer front that are emerging kind of along the lines of what Chris has tested that you'd want to mention?
3: Yeah I, I mean honestly Chris we'll, we'll talk offline we want to do a little case study on you too. Um, yeah you know it, certainly uh, we've, we've seen a lot of our, our, um, our campuses starting to getting their gift officers involved getting them on the platform you know saving their portfolios as lists in the platform to then be able to you know make those personal appeals embed their calendar right into the experience. So you, right there, you can click in and, and set some time on their calendar. Um, really kind of just, again, keeping that, that forward momentum of, of keeping the conversation going. What I love, Chris, what you did is, again, working smarter, not harder, using the engagement that you're generating through a video you created. Again, sorry, another little plug. We do work with a, with a group called Animoto that can help you next time you're making your video. You don't need your LA friend. Uh, it's very easy to make professional videos. Um, nice little plug for them. But I say that all to say, I haven't seen a lot of gift offers doing what you're doing, which I think is the future of this because you're taking advantage of the metrics that are generated in every campaign, then say, okay, of my, I forget the number you, you mentioned, 200, let me focus on these 20. And if your conversion rate on those people is exceedingly higher than everything else, you also only have so many hours in the day to, to maintain relationships anyway. So, so focus your energies. Um, I definitely want to take what you've done and then try to extrapolate that into uh, other campuses for sure. Chris, any comments? Well, I I
1: appreciate that. Yeah, I I appreciate that. And and, I mean, my thing is, is by nature, I'm a lazy human being and I just want to be able to, to (coughs) maximize my time as much as possible. And, 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 and at the same time, I came from outside of the industry where there was a lot of following metrics and figuring out what's going on and what makes the most sense. And for me to put these things together, just really it, it was just time for it to happen and then when I could say, "Oh, we already know if somebody has a high capacity and they've given and they have a giving history, that's somebody that we should be focusing on. Well, how often are we going to engage them?" And I think going back to EverTrue, that's what I really liked about it was seeing where are people on social media and why are they engaging? How can I focus on them? It led to a lot of successes for me that way. And then bringing this video platform in, it was just, a, it was, it was a, a great opportunity. I was happy to do it.
0: Love it. I mean, why don't we spend a little bit of time just spitballing some ideas of where this could go, which is what JD and I like to do yep. from time to time. But you know, we're living in this, in this environment right now where, you know, I'm sure many of you are familiar with Cameo and you're starting to see Cameo videos pop up, you know, here and there, but I feel like there's an opportunity to really push the envelope, which is when you think about the key people on campus who we historically, you know, we want, the, you know, there are stewardship rules in place so that after a certain dollar donation or whatever level, then the president reaches out or maybe it's a dean and there are all these, you know, you get the handwritten letter, but like, when you think about the scale that video can introduce, but also the personalization, I wanna to get to a world where it's like, when proposal is submitted, then trigger note to president to send video to donors saying, hey, I heard you just caught up with Chris. Thank you so much for considering investing in this process. Uh, you know, let me know if you have any questions or comments so that we don't need to schedule the Zoom conversation with the president and do all of that. But can we still introduce additional voices, presidents, deans, the ADs um, into a conversation, uh, into many conversations? There are only so many donors that they could sit down and have a meeting with. But why couldn't a president send two 20-second videos like that per day, reaching hundreds of high potential donors over the course of the year? Good idea. Crazy idea. Have you heard of anything like that? What, what are your thoughts? Uh, maybe, Jenzel, I'll go to you first.
2: Yeah, the first thought I have is uh, when we started to do a lot of videos, people started to question the quality of the videos. You know, like, do we have to have somebody professional? Do I have to have a microphone? Do I need a ring light? Um, what is my background? Like, you know, all of these things. And every time I do it, I always say, look, right now, everybody is in the same situation, right? We're all at home. I just have my kid walking out of the door making noise, right? Like we all just have things going on that is pretty common now that we all are dealing with. And, um, sorry, my, my son, now I lost my train of thought, but so like, it doesn't have to be professional is what I'm saying. Like it, everybody does zoom meetings or whatever platform they use. And they're used to seeing people's cats go across the back and kids come in and, and dogs, you know, and while we don't maybe sometimes want to do that, if you're really trying to be professional and, uh, and maybe filming something for lots of people, that still happens. I mean, it's still life, right? I think what another silver lining about COVID is, is the more authentic people are now and that we can be real with each other. And like, yeah, that was my kid who just yelled in the background or, you know, and, and we're more forgiving of that. Um, And I think that is, Uh, one of the several linings, like I said, but that that is so necessary in all of our industries that this is a human to human interaction, right? It's not just a gift officer to donor or an alumni relations to an alumni, but that we're all humans living in this world of COVID and and we can just, you know, try our best and, and do our best. So like when I do a personal video message as a thank you, plus i'm a performer so i'm like hi everyone you know like i'm just like light up or whatever but it's like real and authentic to them that i really am so grateful to them for their gift right or for their engagement or for them being an alum and i'm excited that you just graduated or whatever but that it's real coming from me literally from my home yeah the president can do that is what i'm saying
0: and, and i think that they're i'm curious to get your take chris you've worked at different shops but higher ed has historically been pretty buttoned up, and a lot of the, here are the talking points, and it's very scripted, and you come out at the 10.01 mark, and then you're on stage, and all of that has also sort of faded a bit, uh, to Janzel's point. I'm just curious, Chris, when you think about just the formality of fundraising, obviously in the video that you made, uh, for those who could see it, you are presenting a professional image, and you still need to reflect the brand of utah but how do you think about the balance of you know throwing on the suit and tie during covid versus uh you know the the iphone video from the the backyard which i think is what we're seeing right now
1: yeah you're seeing the iphone video from the backyard while i'm driving in a car that's the great thing about 2020 right like it's it's so many different levels to to what's going on i think that we i wouldn't have gotten i wouldn't have gotten the run Initially, if I didn't make it professional and, you know, fortunately, not every video has to be that way. But if we're talking about the school of medicine for me, I needed to show something that was that was indisputable with regards to how I engage people initially. Now we had subsequent videos that we made. We made one with the other, um, the executive director that's uh, also working with me on on the School of Medicine building and the head of our alumni association and the alumni president who's a graduate from the School of Medicine. All of those very polished, all of those had some uh, things that we had to actually edit out because of permission reasons by, by our leadership team. That just happens. Um, but I think to what Jan Zell is saying, to what you're asking and, and a little bit beyond is that, you know, if we're, if, if we're willing, if we're willing to try new approaches, we can radically change how we're doing things. And I think it, and I know it will be for the better because we can take the approach of our shops differently. We can uh, take targeting differently um, and creating content that just immediately engages people is going to be so vital for us to get to the next step. And especially right now, when we can't get, we can't travel. But I would even argue, once traveling stops, this may be a more viable for way for us to go in the future, especially cost-wise with universities. But but also just to figure out where the engagement is, and then when we need to make those visits or we need to bring in the heavy hitter, we've seen how willing those uh, those potential donors are to like to receiving our content and saying yes, I want to be more of it.
0: I love it. Chris, I think you're spot on. Travel is going to be, it is going to come back. People are going to be hungry for it when we're able to. But I think what's going to happen is it's just going to shift to be much later in the process, much later in the funnel. You're not going to be going out doing those discovery visits that take days or hours and go nowhere. You're going to have accomplished that by your failure to get a Zoom meeting, your failure to get a response to a thank you, you're going to test different tactics that are much more efficient, lower cost, and the people who don't want to visit, that's okay. You know, you, you, we can't force it on those individuals, but then it's also going to allow us to get many more shots on goal with many more people who, uh, who otherwise it might take us years to get that far uh, into our giving pyramid. So I'm just curious, JD, when you think about just the, you had been making great progress with Thank you over the years. And it was clear that video was going to continue to become more important in all aspects of our lives. But this acceleration you've experienced this year, uh, I know it's been a, a major inflection point for your business. But when you think about kind of post-COVID, if you will, where do you see
3: things settling out? I mean, I, I like, the, I, I like the, the future you all are painting because I, I do agree with it. I think, I think what video has done and what, you know, with, with these kind of mass Zoom uh, uh, the events and things that we're doing, it, it's, it's what we're saying. You're able to make that, that human real connection, but at scale, and then be able to, again, take the time to focus on where the, the conversations want to go as opposed to having to take that blunt you know, blunt object approach of, I'm going to go to every major donor because they checked the box off the list. They haven't shown me any signs that they want to hear, you know, to hear about this. I think video is going to continue to be a great medium to for, for storytelling. Chris, I love, again, going back to what you were saying in terms of, you know, some things do have that little extra bit of polish on them. But I think what's really nice now is we do live in a world in which, you know, I, I gave the shameless plug to Animoto, but there's so many different ways in which you can, you know, shoot something. I mean, it's for, for God's sakes, it's, it's, you know, it's broadcast quality on your iPhone these days. It's done it shooting 4k. It's like, there's just crazy. The access we have to the technology we need to make something look really professional, but then it comes down to the storyteller to make it compelling and then using, you know, what we're seeing from that to then say, okay, how is that going to lead me into the next conversation? And ultimately, you know, going back to Evertrue, how can we, once we know, Hey, they're primed for this conversation, how can, how can we easily collect all that data on top of that to layer it on so you look like you're 20 steps ahead because you already know so much about the individual and how you're going to tell that next st- step of the story. Um, so that's all to say, I think video is going to continue to be a great way to tell the story and be that top of funnel thing that then helps really bring in the conversations that are going to be meaningful as opposed to making poor gift officers flying across the country unless they like that thing, which, sorry about that.
0: Um, I want to be sensitive with time here, but I'm curious, Janzel, if you've got, I don't know, any ideas or if you could wave a magic wand, you know, whether it's, um, just more time or more resources. I mean, I think of even, uh, what are the new roles that maybe have not historically existed on an alumni relations or engagement org chart that probably need to exist? For example, videography, content creation, editing, like some of those skills that, we would, you know, for the one video a year that we made, we had somebody that we could contract with. Like, how do you think about some of the skill sets where if it was like, oh, if I had a partner that could do that, we could really take it to the next level. And um, after Jen's comments, Chris, I'd, I'd welcome your take as well, especially as you think about how we could get this not to be a one-off neat case study for Evertrue and Thank You in Utah, But how do we start making this like the new standard for the sector? And what are some of the barriers that you see um, on that front? So, Janzel, please go first.
2: Yeah. Uh, So, a little bit ago, we we at the College of Nursing did a presentation at one of our national nursing um, advancement conferences. And we titled it Making Development Gold. And what we meant by that was we had a director of advancement, so a, a more major gifts. We had a director of alumni relations, myself. And then we had an associate director of communications. And with the three of those together, we felt like we had money, you know, like that all everybody had their role. Everybody was an expert in in what they were doing. And the, and then we all worked together so well and it gelled and we all like knew what what was needed, you know. Uh, And that was all pre-COVID, obviously, and then pre-Thank You and all of those things. But exactly to what you're saying, Brent, is... I think that's where it's needed is all three of those things need to come together. And the communications team needs to be more than, you know, a writer and more than social media. Like you're saying, it needs to be a videographer. It needs to be a storyteller who can combine all of, you know, research and all the great things you're doing in in, in your research at your R1 institution, you know, and how does that look like on on paper versus how does it look like on video? And then how does it look like in social media? And how does it look like on the web? You know, like that whole team needs to be integrated. And I know, I know institutions have them at the college of nursing. We don't, you know, and we're moving in that direction. We just had a meeting with our new Dean this morning, spent two hours, you know, talking about our magazine and what does it look like and what rises to the occasion and how many do we send out? You know, it's all of these normal things that we, we try to figure out um, and how to engage with our constituents. And, um, I think what we're saying about the, the cost effectiveness of, you know, digital engagement um, I think that is a big deal and that can help to move the conversation along to say that we do need more communications help in the advancement world and that it's it's the videography and the photography and the storytellers that need to be added to the team because it's hard to just like freelance a videographer who maybe doesn't get all of the pieces as to why this one thing might make the difference to a donor, you know, or like to have that, that, train of thought to say, if I say it this way, then it might prompt somebody to think I could be involved in that. Or, you know, it's a, just a different way of thinking about it. So it would be great to train people to that knew exactly what was happening in your department and then give the resources that that's needed to progress.
0: Yeah. I think it's um, it would be interesting to just survey you know, R1 institutions, for example, and find out how much money do we spend on alumni magazine versus video content creation. And I bet that there's probably an imbalance given where we are right now, not saying that written uh, materials can't be super valuable, but uh, absolutely suggesting there probably needs to be more. Or if we were starting from scratch, you might look for more balance there. So on one hand, how do we have more videography and in-house producer sort of production resources? Chris, on the other hand, How do we turn every gift officer into their own videographer?
1: Well, I think the thing is, is get a camera in front of them and start making your case. That's the easiest thing. But just to jump back really quickly, we we need to be moving forward at the same speed that the world is. And unfortunately, higher education drags their feet like crazy uh and and we're not putting the resources in the right areas the the case in point that i want to bring up that you just said was you know i was i was uh thankfully got to meet uh, uh an alumnus uh through Evertrue in chicago that ended up giving us a significant gift to start uh an entrepreneurship competition at my former university um his one request to me one request i'm trying to figure out where the line is his one request was I don't want any print material going out and our institution dug in and said we're gonna spend some money on print material we spent $10,000 on print material and it all was for nothing all of the all of the return on an investment came through digital means and and I just remember going back and saying man I hope he never looks at that number because that's gonna drive us crazy um, I think to Getting getting people engaged, they just need to know one, why am I doing this? What is the return on me doing this? And to EverTrue's credit and to Thank Views credit, I think it's more of just, you know, a video platform. I can get a video platform anywhere, really. I can get a CRM anywhere. I can get, I can get, you know, a database of how to manage all my alumni anywhere but what am I doing to engage immediately? And what is the pull through on that? That's what needs to be important. And so our leaders in higher education need to start becoming a lot more nimble to that and open-minded to, we need to shift out of some of these antiquated ways that we're doing it. Because if we're looking to send emails out to the people that we have and 30% of them come back as bad emails, then what is the tool that's gonna get that back to us really quickly? And how are we gonna think outside of that? or if we're whatever it happens to be, I can go all day on that but and, and then when it comes down to the individual fundraisers, they need to think how can I get that connection as quickly as possible and if I'm stuck in a house because I can't go outside because people are getting sick, I better be willing to get on the camera and have my point come through to them immediately.
0: Chris, let's talk about that. You clearly, I mean, you're a a performer, man. You're an entertainer. So you've got no fear as it relates to this stuff. Not everybody's that way. Um, What advice would you have? I mean, look, if you're in the gift office, if you're in the advancement field, you've got to get comfortable with either radio silence or no from time to time. So in a certain regard, you should already have some thick skin as it relates to that. This is just a new way to get rejections a lot of the time, but also, you know, get accepted maybe more quickly and more efficiently in a more personalized way. But what advice do you have for somebody who's like, geez, I cannot imagine sending random videos to people I've never met before?
1: Well, I'll say this first and foremost, if, if and I told this to, to my, former, uh, my former employer, um, if you had 10 Chris Berrigans on your team, your team would sink. It would just be terrible. You can't have that. There's different personalities or different profiles for different people. And I think even though we may not be the most outgoing, that's okay because we have other ways of doing it. And if I'm creating video content, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not the spokesperson for it. Maybe somebody else is, or maybe I'm just putting together a little bit of information that, that I can get from my marketing team or I can get from you know, from a, a current student or just anything else that resonates with those, that group of people. When, we're, when we were doing the School of Medicine thing, it wasn't just gonna be me. It wasn't just gonna be me. It was gonna be me and my colleagues all creating their own presentations so that they could do something. Some were more comfortable on camera than others and that's okay, but I think ultimately, we need to just be willing to say, what can we do ourselves and how can we put it out there? I'll say this, it was very liberating to just send it out and then to go and look and to see who watched it and who watched it again. Because now when I went to back out to follow up with people, I wasn't following up with the people that said for sure, don't contact me again. And I wasn't following up with the people that didn't look at it. I was following up with those that did. And some of them turned it down and that's fine but others really wanted to engage. So having the, having the, just the, um, the data behind it, I think gives you more confidence for the next time that you're going to do it.
0: I love it. Uh, well, I do want to kind of wrap up uh, just to be sensitive of time, but JD, uh, any kind of closing thoughts as you think about how to get started? Um, you know, this, I think you're the first to acknowledge It's not about thank you. Thank you's committed to the space. Ever is committed to the space. There are ways you can test these themes, you know, without a platform. Um, and, and I think you'd probably rather have people who are already trying to do this stuff and, and, and wanting more simplicity and more of a system uh, than, than sort of forcing a tool before there's alignment around a strategy. But what are some, I don't know, principles or lessons that you'd want to kind of conclude with?
3: It's, a, it's exactly what everyone's talking about here. It's, it's the willingness to try something that you haven't tried before. You know, to go out on that limb and to, to take something that might not work, but also then to have that element that you're able to, to, to use some input or some feedback to then make your next step. And I think, again, thinking about what Brent, you and I have built and our teams have built is just that system to help, you know, understand what that, uh, that feedback is faster to then make you accomplish your goal quicker. Because just as you're saying, Chris, you can pop this on, you know, if you want to start by making one video on your iPhone. Send it out to your your contact. They say, hey, I really enjoyed that video. Yes, I'd like to learn more. Great. Then that's the method that works for you. Um, But really just being able to put yourself out there. um, Again, being compelling. I think being direct and straightforward too, especially in Chris and your message. Here's who I am. Here's what we need. Here's here's why I'm saying it to you. Um, Keep it simple. Keep it short. And just iterate. Love it.
0: All right, Janzel. Any goals or you know big ideas as we approach uh, the end of the time here, or things you'd like to to test in the coming months? Uh,
2: yeah. I mean, we have our big so I'm trying to find a, a way to do a big Zoom alumni weekend. So there, there, there's that. But I guess the last uh, message that I would like to say is just getting back to that like authenticity of um, being on video. You know of of that human to human connection, even while social distancing and well, you know, one day, hopefully soon we'll be able to, you know, be, be more together and gather more in, in larger groups and and get back to our new normal. Um, I think this will stay. I think digital engagement will stay and, and it's just more efficient and cost effective for a lot of, a lot of things. And, um, I just think being being who you are authentically and, and, and to your your question earlier, Brent, about like some people who may may be more shy behind a camera. Um, yeah, I, it's just whatever works for them, right? So um, if they think that they don't want to be behind the camera, then they find a colleague who is, you know, and then they do it. And then I love also the the personalization of that, that sense, you know, uh, I know, uh, JD, you mentioned, it's an easy way to just say it to all the Chris's, hey, right? Um, but even if, you know, I, I thought it would go really fast for me to do like a handful of thank yous, about 200 thank yous the other day. But I actually was looking at these names and what they were giving to, and I felt so like compelled to actually add more to them. So even if I had, you know, five marks, I was like, but Mark, really? Like, I know you, and this is how we connect, and this is why I'm so grateful for it, right? So I love the personalization of these uh, digital engagement opportunities, and then I love the authenticity of being able to share the message and to really uh, get to, to, to the thanks.
0: And I think to the authenticity point, I mean, even a few months ago, I mean, right now, and I, this video conversation we're having is the first time we've ever met in person. We've been engaged on LinkedIn over the years. We've had other connections, but we've never actually um, spoken before. And I think there was a question in you know recent months where it was, well, is it really the same? And I think we're also all getting better at getting to know people over video. And, and I think we're getting more used to that. There was comments around, well, could you ever re- could you really make a big hire as a startup founder to your leadership team if you've never met them? Investors, could you really invest in a startup if you haven't been able to go out and in coffee? Major donors, could you really make a seven-figure commitment if you haven't sat down and looked someone in the eye? And I think we're all realizing like, yes, yes, and yes, like we've made management team hires, like we all have new colleagues who we've never met in person. That was a little strange a couple of months ago, but guess what? We're getting better at that. And seven figure gifts are being funded without staring you in the eye and, you know, doing whatever, you know, we thought had to be done. And so I think that's where just, it will be years before all of that plays out, but we're in this moment where we're all just getting better at these things that even two months ago were a little awkward. And, and it's, it's exciting to think about what that could mean for efficiency and relationship building going forward. Chris, you get uh, you get to conclude, man. What are the closing thoughts?
1: Well, I, I I echo everything that's been said. I think it's it's a blessing in disguise because this was sorely needed for us to understand how we can really just maximize the technology that we have today. I think about uh, you know. People used to be like, I want to text first, maybe call. I certainly don't want to FaceTime. And now I think I want to FaceTime more because now I'm more comfortable with it. I know how to see somebody. And, and that's the interactions that I get. But I think coming back to it all, the thing that needs to be said over and over again is, what are you going to do once you've done it? What are you going to do once you've 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 sent out the video? You've engaged the person, and how do you know that you can? And I think that's where ThinkView is very valuable. I think that's certainly where EverTrue is really valuable in saying, "Yeah, we can send it out there, but what do you do afterwards?" And that's going to be an important thing for our leadership in higher and higher ed fundraising and and across the board is how do we not only send out content that engages, but follow up and really make it worth something because before we could do that a lot, we can have parties. Everybody comes to the party, but I didn't keep track of who showed up and what happened and what really went on. But now I'm hyper-focused and what is my ROI on everything that I'm doing?
0: Love it. Great thoughts, Chris. And if I can maybe speak on behalf of JD and, and my team, part of our job and when I think of where this goes in the next couple of years is How can the vendor community and the technology companies like Evertru and Thank You help connect the dots, help with the automation, but really keep the personalization first and foremost to make every mark feel more special with as little uh, coordinating and planning and tasks and reminders by Chris and Janzel that all of that the technology does, but what the technology can't do, is replicate legitimately how enthusiastic you feel, Janzel, about Mark's gift or Chris, how passionate you are about getting that building built in the next couple of years. And so we just need to continue to work together to learn from you all and, and find those friction points where you are doing more manual work than you should. That, you know, if our teams put our heads together with, with you all, we could help reduce the friction. So we are up for that challenge. And I have no doubt that if we can, you know, have more conversations like this, we'll, we'll all be able to, to move in a better, faster, more efficient di- direction that ultimately improves the donor experience, which is the most important thing. So I want to thank you all uh, onward for, for not letting COVID slow you down, but in fact, making it a catalyst to accelerate your work. You are setting a great standard, for, a others, great standard for others. JD, thank you for your partnership. And uh, it's a Friday afternoon, so I want everybody to have a great weekend. Signing off from the Race Podcast, take care. Thanks so
2: Thank much. you.
3: Thanks, everyone.